Thank you for downloading this podcast of Andy's Movie Mashup from GFM 107.1. For rights reasons, the music has been removed, so it's just me talking. Enjoy. I think that's the song that I've opened with the most on this show, because it's just a song that you have to open with. That was Frankie Goes to Hollywood with Two Tribes. That's from the soundtrack to Eddie the Eagle. Welcome to another movie mashup on GFM 107.1. On today's show, we're going to be talking about Detroit that came out last year, directed by Catherine Bigelow. That was Oscar-nominated, I believe. Uh, also a movie called Big Brigsby Bear uh, that also came out uh, it's either last year or earlier this year. And a movie called Tony Erdman, German comedy drama that came out in 2016 that I've waited a long time to watch because I needed some time. It's a long film. Quite a strange one as well. Uh, I'm still mulling it over. And, and in fact, after I talked about it tonight, that may not be my final word on it because there's a lot going on in it. But anyway, uh, also be looking at um, movies that are on TV this weekend. What's on at local venues? Some DVD picks. There's no new Good Robot Andy's podcast. I know, it's terrible. Because it was bank holiday. But we'll be back in a couple of weeks, no doubt. Oh, yes. That was uh, Fallout Boy from the soundtrack to Big Hero 6, Immortals. Before that, we had the Black Keys with I Got Mine from Tomorrowland. So I got it right that time. Um, okay, so first movie this week is Detroit. It's a 2017 American period crime drama film directed by Catherine Bigelow written by Mark Ball, and based on the Algiers Motel incident during Detroit's 1967 12th Street riot. The film's release commemorated the 50th anniversary of the event, and the film stars John Boyega, Will Poulter, Algie Smith, Jason Mitchell, John, Tra- John Krasinski, and Anthony Mackie. That's a, that's a good cast. Um, so this came out, I think, let's have a look with it come out last yeah last summer um didn't do that well at the box office i think that you know catherine bigelow either delivers you know pretty well at the box office or doesn't do well at all um i think her movies are um you know quite singular studies of you know intellectual uh, men in intellectual chaos kind of thing i would say uh, sort of driven men and women, so things like Zero Dark Thirty uh, was one of hers, which I quite enjoyed. Um, but uh, I think her pro- probably her most famous movie is Point Break, which is certainly a big favourite of mine. So uh, Detroit is set um, in July of 1967, where the Detroit Police Department is trying to keep a lid on the rioting that is happening in the city and failing quite badly. Um, They're basically stoking things up rather than uh, trying to make things better. And the the Dramatics, who are a professional black R&B group, arrive in Detroit hoping to score a recording contract. But seconds before their performance at a music hall, the police shut down the venue and order everyone to leave the city or just go home. And en route, their bus is attacked by rioters and the group split up and some of them end up renting a room at the local Algiers Motel. And there, things go quite south quite quickly. Uh, I won't tell you how, because it's a bit of a, it's a, bit of a um, spoiler, 
But the, the National Guard and the police believe that shots have been fired from the motel. So they're going to investigate to try and find the person that's doing the shooting. And that's where things start to go south badly. And the police are nominally led by Will Poulter's character. Here he plays a character who is um, a racist who thinks he's right. Who uh, just, just, you know, why would I be wrong? Why would I be wrong about any of this? And he is the guy who is chiefly in charge of delivering beatings and intimidating uh, the black people who were in, and some white folks as well who were in there. Um, John Boyega plays a private security guard who is working on the same street and he gets involved trying to calm things down as a professional security guy. And he's uh, you know, supported, uh, although not very well, by the National Guard who can see what's going on but are kind of powerless to do anything about it. And... Um, the middle section of the film, so the, the siege in the motel, is very, very effective. It's very good. It's tense. Uh, however, I do have a reservation about this film, and that is it's, it's way too long. Um, and that this event, that there is a long build-up to this event that's like half an hour, 40 minutes, maybe 45 minutes, until we actually get into it. Actually, it may even be a little bit longer than that. Um, the siege itself takes a long time to play out, which is fine because it's an important piece of history that we want to see. And at the end of the film, there's a lengthy, um, uh, lengthy section in a court where this is brought um, before a judge and the police officers are being prosecuted. And that also takes a long time. So it's, for me personally... It's almost like there's too much going on in this film and that I would have been happy just to have seen the uh, maybe a short preamble and then the siege inside the motel and then maybe a little bit of information at the end about what happened afterwards. Um, and for me, it tries to cram too much into a long running time. And because of that, I felt personally that it becomes a bit unfocused and... I was struggling to um, I was struggling to keep focused with it at times, and that's a shame because it's a really important story. It's a really important story. You know, if you don't know about the the um, civil rights and race riots in Detroit and across the United States, but particularly in Detroit, there was a great deal of this going on, and it you know it's stuff that went into to shaping the the Civil Rights Act that was signed by LBJ. Um, so I think that although I think Mark Boll and uh, Catherine Bigelow's intentions are obviously good, I think that the resulting film, for me personally, is, is too long and too unfocused. And that's a real shame, because I really like Catherine Bigelow's work. I think she's a terrific director. But for me, on this occasion, uh, I don't think this is one of her best. That's not to say it's a bad film. It's not a bad film. It's, it's well-directed. It's well-made. It's well-scripted. The acting, in particular, Will Poulter gives an incredible performance as the chief ringleader of The Trouble. Uh, John Boyega is also terrific. John, John Krasinski gives good support as a district attorney. And Anthony Mackie, as well, is, is good in this. Uh, and I think that 
as I say quite a lot on this show, it's a shame that their efforts are not rewarded with a more focused movie. That's what I have to say about it, really. So um, on Rotten Tomatoes, it uh, has a rating of 84%, and it says the film delivers a gut-wrenching and essential dramatisation of a tragic chapter from America's past that draws distressing parallels to the president. To the president. President? Present. That was a Freudian slip. Um, yes, it does. And, uh, you know, I'll reiterate again that it's a shame that it's not more focused because, you know, that Rotten Tomatoes summing up is essentially talking about the siege and nothing else uh, for me. Um, anyway, Detroit is rated 15. Uh, that was The Dramatics with a track called If You Haven't Got Love. Before that, we had Martha Reeves and the Vandellas with Jimmy Mack. Those are both from the soundtrack to a movie called Detroit. I talked about just before that. Okay, next movie this week is a film called Brigsby Bear. This came out last December in this country. It's a 2017 American comedy drama film directed by Dave McCary in his feature debut and produced by The Lonely Island, among others. And the film stars Kyle Mooney, Mark Hamill, Greg Kinnear, Matt Walsh, Michael Watkins, George Lenderborg Jr. and Ryan Simpkins. So Mooney and friend Kevin Costello pen the screenplay, which revolves around James Pope, uh, played by Mooney, a man obsessed with a children's television program titled Brigsby Bear Adventures. When the series abruptly ends, Pope's life changes forever as he sets out to finish the storyline himself. To do that, he must learn how to cope with the realities of a new world that he knows nothing about. So that sounds a bit cryptic. I, uh, I do kind of have to talk about the plot a little bit here, though, in the fact that uh, the character of um, uh, Mooney, no, sorry, James, yeah, James Pope, who's played by Carl uh, Mooney, um, is living in sort of a bunker at the beginning of the film where he watches... Uh, a show called Brigsby Bear Adventures that's made by the people who live in the bunker. One of those people is Mark Hamill. And uh, he, uh, people in the bunker learn everything about the outside world through Brigsby Bear Adventures. But then that show comes to an end and Kyle, um, the, uh, the character played by Carl Mooney, rejoins the real world, rejoins his um, real family, and but he really wants to know what happened at the end of Brigsby Bear Adventures. You know, he's struggling to find his way back into the real world, a world that he doesn't understand. Um, and he really wants to re-engage with it. And to do so, he wants to finish Brigsby Bear Adventures in the way that he sees fit. So he kind of starts engaging with friends of the family and family himself, and also a police officer who's been kind to him and sort of told him about his, you know, the people that, that kept him in the bunker. And he enlists their help to uh, try and finish the, uh, the show. And that is essentially the plot. There isn't really much else to it. Tonally, I found this to be a sort of mashup of um, uh, Frank the uh, not very accurate story of Frank Sidebottom and his magic band, and his big band, and uh, the movie Room with Brie Larson. 
so it's a sort of mashup of those two things. It's someone trying to engage with the world uh, after they've been locked away somewhere for quite a long time. Uh, and I think that it successfully manages to put those things together in a way that is, um, you know, it's, it's quite moving. It's funny. It's uh, a bit quirky. It's got, uh, it's kind of got the Lonely Island written on it in a little, you know, you can see their fingers on it, I think. Um, but it's not as cynical and kind of snarky as uh, Lonely Island, as the music that they make. This is quite a heartfelt piece of work. Um, and I really enjoyed it. It's, it's pretty light, but it is fun. Uh, also tonally similar to Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. That's a film that I talked about a couple of years on this show. There is actually a good robot and his podcast all about that um yeah so it, it's uh it's definitely an indie film it didn't take very much at the box office I, I doubt that it was seen by enough people um but it is quite a surprising piece of work i was um very very impressed with it on rotten tomatoes it has an approval rating of 81 percent and it says that audiences attuned to Brigsby Bear's strange frequency will be moved by its earnest and endearing original approach to pop culture's impact and the creative urge. Yeah, it definitely is dancing to another tune, this film, for sure. Uh, but in a good way, I would say. And I enjoyed it. And uh, I think that if you, if you liked Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, if you liked um, uh, Room... And you enjoyed Frank. I know that everybody enjoyed Frank. But he is of that ilk. It, you know, it's in that kind of ballpark of film. And it's rated 15. And I really liked it. And maybe you will too. That was a track called, um, I bet you can guess it, it was called It's Brigsby Bear. That's by David Wingo. Before that was Yacht, with a track called I Thought the Future Would Be Cooler. I enjoyed that Yacht track a lot, actually. I think I might have to check out their other stuff, as they say. Uh, those are both on the soundtrack to a movie called Brigsby Bear that I talked about just before that. Okay, so final movie this week is a film called Tony Erdmann. It's a 2016 German-Austrian comedy drama film directed, written and co-produced by Maren Aid. And it stars Peter Simon Simoniszczek and Sandra Huller. So this came out um, summer of 2016. It's one that I've waited a while to watch. It's very long, so I had to sort of time it right to sit down and watch it so the the plot revolves around um character played by peter simonis and his daughter played by sandra huller so he is a divorced music teacher from uh germany with a passion for bizarre pranks involving several fake personas one of which is tony erdman and following the death of his beloved dog he decides to reconnect with his daughter played by Sandra Huller, who is pursuing a career in business consulting. His daughter is um, currently posted in Bucharest, Romania, where she works on an outsourcing project in the oil industry. She is consumed by her work and has little time for anybody else, including her father. But her father has other plans. So he spontaneously, and on the spur of the moment, decides to just travel to Bucharest and waits in the lobby of an office complex for his daughter. Uh, he then puts on sunglasses and fake teeth. So he looks a bit like um, Sir Les Patterson. 
and he proceeds to speak in a strange voice and give himself an odd name. And she is absolutely mortified by this, as you can imagine. And you'd think that somebody who was um, kind of sensitive to their to their family's <laughs> needs and wants would say, okay, yeah, you're right, I should probably stop now, but he doesn't. He then turns up at a club where she's um, meeting with someone uh, under the guise of somebody called Tony Erdman, which he wears a black wig and teeth, and proceeds to just talk gibberish about, you know, just sort of um, improvised gibberish. And she starts to go along with it, and that is where the film really starts to take flight, because... I think she starts to realise that the people that she's dealing with are these po-faced, uptight business people and what they need and what maybe what she needs is a bit of absurdity in her life. So her father provides this absurdity. Uh, all the while, you know, he's trying to work out the grief of lose, losing his dog and being divorced and not really getting anywhere with his life and trying to help her to lighten up a bit. Um... And there are, there are times in this film when I was laughing out loud really hard at the absurdity of it and other times when it's actually quite painful to watch in terms of the emotion that's on display um, with people trying to work out their grief and you know what's going on in their lives. It's quite a piece of work, this. It's very long. Um, I think I need to watch it again at some point because there's so much going on in it that... I think it warrants a second viewing. Uh, you know, it's two hours and 42 minutes long. It's a long movie. Um, but certainly, um, Peter Simonischek, his performance is off the hook, insane in places. And Sandra Huller is also terrific as his daughter. Uh, certainly, it managed to, to uh, rack up the, uh, the plaudits and was um, nominated to be Germany's entry for the Academy Awards, but it lost out to uh, The Salesman um, in the end. So, uh, Tony Erdman is, as I frequently say on the show, a singular piece of work. I don't, th I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this before. Uh, I suspect that some of it was improvised, which is good to see, because I like, a, like improvisation on film. Uh, it's certainly funny when it needs to be. It's, um, it's pithy and sad in other places, uh, I, I enjoyed it, but as I said, I think I need to watch it again because I think maybe I missed some details and things because it's quite a long movie. But it is good. Uh, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it says, it pairs carefully constructed three-dimensional characters in a tenderly funny character study that's both genuinely moving and impressively ambitious. I think that's what I mean when there's, a lot, there's an awful lot going on here. It's not just about a dude who puts on funny teeth and a wig and talks in a funny voice there's more to it than that and um uh, I, I found it to be rewarding but i think i'd enjoy it more i keep hitting the desk with my watch sorry about that um i'm gonna play a couple of tracks from the set oh it's rated 15 dvd picks yes so quite a good list this week actually i think um mainly the fact that um avengers was was coming out that people sort of delayed their releases for a couple of weeks but there's some interesting stuff out now so the Greatest Showman is now out on DVD and Blu-ray, so um, if you're fed up with going to the cinema and, and singing along, then you can do it at home. Um, so that's now out. Uh, Molly's Game, uh, written and directed by uh, Aaron Sorkin, is out. That stars Jessica Chastain and Idris Elba. 
uh, all the money in the world, um, which should have a star in it saying uh, does not feature Kevin Spacey, instead features Christopher Plummer. Um, that's Ridley Scott's latest. And a movie called Cured with Ellen Page, which um, Mark Comode liked a great deal. So uh, that's a sort of horror movie about people who were involved in a zombie outbreak who then get cured and have to kind of deal with the fact that maybe they did some horrible things whilst they were the walking dead that looks very interesting indeed thank you for downloading and listening to this podcast from gfm 107.1 don't forget that you can follow me on twitter at cockers underscore 97 and on my facebook page which is andy's movie mashup